You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further. We're rocking out the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. Andy Lynch, Megan Yoder, and Kyle Krober, along with Derek Hughes here on the podcast today as we're diving into Lazarus, uh, the Lazarus Life, chapters three and four, along with the sermon uh, from week number two from Pastor Matt on May Day, May the 1st. Somebody gave me cookies for May Day. Isn't that cool? Is that, is that, that a thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you heard of that? No, I just like cookies. So I say every day is a good day for cookies. <laughs> I mean, Joe and John Hinesley provide me with cookies every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But then another duo on our Connect team, Ashley and Brian Hendrickson, gave me May Day cookies. Well, May in Indy is a thing. Like That's in, true. Indianapolis gets fired up for May. That's true. It's like our month. Yeah. Death comes to life here in Indianapolis. <laughs> nice transition. Or then more, maybe more death and then back to life. And that's where we are. Death to life, uh, week number two. So just, I guess, initial thoughts. Uh, Kyle and I have extensive notes here. Megan has the questions that I might or might not ask <laughs> in, my, in my style of journalism. Uh, any initial thoughts, I guess, from Sunday, from Matt's sermon, or from the book in chapters three and four? Megan's looking at me like, Kroper, you better go first. <laughs> so I'll go first. Um, yeah, I mean, initial thought, I mean, as I'm reading through, you know, you just take the whole story in its context. Um, I find myself, especially in chapter three, just, you know, trapped in the tomb. Um, here I am, 41 years old, and I don't know that I've felt like I've been in like a tomb of life. Mm. You know, I've gone through rough patches and things here and there, but nothing that's like rocked me or, you know, been bottom of the barrel kind of thing. And um, so like I can, re I don't feel I have a hard time kind of relating to Lazarus in the tomb and like tomb moments, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, but I definitely understand the idea that, um, you know, we have to come to basically the the death of ourselves mm -hmm. and understanding like we can't do it on our own. And I relate more to that of not being able to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, we can get into that more later, but I think so as far as just like the tomb aspect um, and, you know, just, I guess by God's grace, I haven't entered into that deep, deep, you know, experienced like personal death. I haven't gone through that. I haven't had, you know, someone close has had traumatic, um, you know, either a cancer or die for, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, yeah. that typically people deal with. I just, haven't had that yet in life. It's coming. Um, Nickerson reminds us your day is coming. So I'm not, yeah, yeah. it is coming. I, I'm aware of that. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. For that part. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, that I, I thought of Alaska because it's literally a desert. It's an Arctic desert where I was in Fairbanks mm -hmm. and I had just left college where you're living with people. You are in constant community. You are not really going to class. You're just living your best life and you sleep in and you go to go to bed late and you watch hockey games till, you know, four overtime games between the Flyers and Penguins. I remember this vividly till three in the morning. Then you go eat breakfast. Like that's what I went from that to an Arctic desert where I didn't have friends I worked six days a week. The seventh day I'd go to church and then I'd go to the station to work anyway because I had nothing else to do. And it can be a very dark, I mean, it's a literal dark time in Alaska because the sun is not out in the mm -hmm. winter. And then just socially and, and spiritually, it was just kind of me and God. And uh, yeah, Megan, any anything for you in that? Yeah, I mean, I've had some tomb moments in my life and it's one of those where like, you don't really go around just sharing all your... Right. You know, right. your mess all the time. Um, 
but you told me before we started this that I should share some of that. So um, we're real people, Megan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're very real people. So uh, my tomb, um, I picture it as this really ugly pink carpet that we had um, in this house that we lived in. And me just laying on that carpet and just sobbing um, to God as I was going through a very nasty divorce. Mm. Um, And so yesterday hearing Matt talk about beauty and pain or Mm. suffering, you know, and um, hope, you know, those those two things, um, the the constant tension between two things like I've lived that Mm. and I see it and I learned so much about God and his character through that Mm. experience. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I, as I'm reading this book, so much of it is tangible. Mm. I've lived it. Thank you for sharing. That is, it's painful. It's powerful all in one. And and that paradox, like, I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge that the paradox is real, but in a way, doesn't it help Kyle to, to acknowledge it and to say, yes, God does still love me even though it's really painful right now. Yeah. I, and I even had thought about, you know, the, it was, it was referred to in the book, like the best of times, the worst of times. Mm-hmm. There's the poem about that, but um, yeah, it's true that, <clears throat> you know, in, in the most difficult times um, we'd say that's where we, maybe we question things the most, but that's where God showed up the most. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so, like I said, I've experienced that on probably a, a lighter level of things. I'm not extreme like tomb darkness um, mm. at this point. But um, yeah, I think the other thing that, that Megan hit on that the book mentions is just being real that, you know, things, uh, you need to refer to things as they are, mm. you know, and it's kind of like the Facebook world. We post things that are like, yes, that's what they are, but that's not really reality all the time. Um and, and just to be honest about our situation and our thoughts and things that maybe people, nobody knows about us or that um, the self really don't want to share with other people, you know? And so I think um, part of coming to grips with the, your tomb moments is of the reality of the situation, allowing God to work through that um, and, and begin the transformation that just kind of comes with accepting what, what is. I thought it was powerful how Matt talked about bread, uh, bread and water, of affliction are flashing lights. Uh, in Isaiah 30, verse 20, he mentioned, although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. And, and the idea that what do you need to survive? You need bread and water to survive. And so almost to grow here at Kingsway, we talk about growing always. To grow, you're going to need the bread of adversity and the water of affliction to rely on God, to, to move to your next step, to be a better you, all those, you know, different things. And, and man, that's hard, but it's so relatable. Yeah. I mean, when I look back on literally the most painful season of my life, it's the one I'm most thankful for. Wow. I, I learned the most about God, which ultimately was everything and still is everything, you Mm. know, that I carry with me from that. Um, But I am thankful. And I can assure you in that season, I was not thankful. Um, I learned a lot about God. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about mistakes and forgiveness and grace and mercy. And, um, but it truly was like, I can look back now and honestly say it was beautiful, Hmm. even though it was ugly 
at the time. But, um, you know, I'm on the other side of that. So if somebody's in a season, Mm -hmm. you know, right now of feeling like they're in a tomb, I get it. And it is, it does not feel that way, but to open your eyes and really start looking around and, and trying to identify where God is and what he's doing and put more of your focus on that rather than the pain or the suffering or the darkness, he's right there. Hmm. He is right there with you. I love that. That's so good, Megan. And I just want to pause to, if you are feeling like you are in the tomb right now, please reach out to us and we will connect you uh, to somebody who can walk with you uh, in that tomb and out of that tomb. Uh, I love what Matt said at the end of the message. When you lose your faith, it feels like God is further away than he actually is. But like Megan just said, he's, he hasn't changed. He is right there and he is not moving uh, and he's ready for you to return to him or to come to him uh, for the first time. Kyle, I saw you looking something up. What did that, what did that trigger? Well, I think of these two chapters. I mean, chapter four, the voice of love is Mm. one that I really Mm -hmm. struggle with. Mm. Um, Really? Yeah, really. I was drinking water. I I almost made Andy spew his water out. Really, Kroger? (laughs) Um, And I don't, I mean, my, my, you know, a lot of times we point back to, oh, my dad, you know, inflicted this on me. We have daddy wounds. We're trying to grow out of those kind of things. My, my dad was great. There's nothing I point back to. I I missed this. I didn't have this for my dad. I was unfulfilled, whatever it was, or had to live up to his expect. I didn't have any of that. So this might just be self-imposed or the way that Satan kind of works with how I'm wired. Hmm. Um, But it's, it's hard for me. Like I tend, it it mentioned in the book about, you know, uh, God is not angry or annoyed or disappointed or frustrated or, you know, arms crossed kind of scowling at me. I have to fight that thought. Huh? So the old, you know, Jesus loves me this. I know. I mean, I, I would love to embrace that all the time and then talk about the, the head to heart journey is often the longest. Mm-hmm. Like I know Jesus loves me and that you can tell anybody else, Jesus loves you yeah. so much. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do that outsends him. There's, he's not mad at you. He's not angry. It's the prodigal son, all this. But I struggle with viewing God daily of just loving me unconditionally all the time. Cause that's not the way our world works. Our yeah. world's it's the, if then, if you do this, then you'll love me. That So it's kind of, I have to fight that. And I'm sure Satan just loves to, I mean, he knows this is kind of how I'm mentally wired that he just wants, ah, Krober, you could be a better dad. Like you're, well, I think I could think every day, I'm never going to be the dad I want to be. I'll never be the husband I want to be. Like there's always this unattainable bar that just keeps raising and raising and that could drive me insane. Yeah. And so I have to like, you know, the scholar, Justin Bieber learned to love my, <laughs> myself. <laughs> and so, and that, that sounds selfish, but even it's like, you know, you love yourself and even Jesus, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we, there is, we do yeah. need to love ourselves as Jesus loves us and he's chosen and calls us by name. And so there's an element of, you know, loving yourself and understanding that we have value and, and worth just because God says we do It's nothing that right. we can do while we're sinners. Christ died for us and loves us. So I need, you know, it's, it's daily tossing up my hands and just falling into God's grace and saying, mm. I'm, I'm declared righteous and good and love just because he says I am wow. nothing I can do can earn it. But I, I, I fight that daily. Megan, you're nodding along. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I would say shame you know, is, is a big yeah. thing that I fight, um, you know, because some of the things in, in my past, I made decisions or other mm. decisions were made on my behalf or whatever it may be. And um, so the enemy definitely plays on that shame piece. Yeah. And so there are times when I, um, I literally have to look up and, and it's overwhelming mm. that you still allow me to look to you, even though I have done X, Y, Z, but that's why I'm so thankful for his word that over and over and over again, he tells us 
we are forgiven because of Jesus. We are loved because of who he is, not who we are. Mm. It is everything that he has done is the reason why we are able to approach him or we are loved by him the way we are. It has nothing to do with our actions and what we've done. Because obviously, if it relied on us, just like Krober said, we're never going to be enough of whatever it is that we're trying to be. But God is, and that's what it's about. I find myself often saying, God, my sins are great. But then like immediately he reminds me, my love is greater. My grace is greater. Yes. And I just need to repeat that over and over for my own good. And he's the one that's speaking it to me, which is so powerful. But that enemy, that voice Mm -hmm. is real. And so is a constant going back to our father for truth. It's the only place that we're going to find that and we're able to rest. Right. At the men's retreat, like it hit me that when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane uh, and I talked about it, that he, he made peace with himself that first time he's praying and okay, I I understand this is your will. I'm going to do it. And he goes and he finds his friend sleeping and and he has to go back and do it again. Like something in that moment, whether, whether we don't understand, but, but obviously three different times, Jesus maybe made peace with the going to the cross for us. And then his friends got him mad again. And Oh God, I got to do this again. I got to go over it again. And that third time he finally fully surrendered. And, and if Jesus is going through those battles, that mental anguish, he's sweating blood, you know, it's okay for us to as well. And knowing that we have the Holy spirit that is whispering the good things in our ears. That's, that's what we need to hear. Yeah. I loved even the story of, and I hadn't even thought of this until just reading the section um, in chapter four, but um, we often think of the Trinity when Jesus is baptized. We have, you have Jesus and the Spirit descending and the voice of God. It's like, oh, look, all the Trinity is right there, you know? And, and that's an intriguing story and, you know, has a lot of theological roots to it. But um, the idea that God is saying over his son, wow. I, I love you, you know, I'm well pleased with you. And he talks about, you know, the masses. If I had, you know, 10 kids, I could say, hey, kids, I love you. Well, great. But for that one kid, like I need to go to each one and say, you know, look him in the face, man, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Like that makes a world of difference um, when it comes to the individual. And that's what the Lazarus story is. He calls Lazarus by name and Jesus is calling to him, you know, solely to come out. And he does that for all of us. And so it makes it so personal. But that story of Jesus baptism, when when God says, man, son, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Mm. It's really cool. It is. What do you need to survive? Bread and water. Um, what do you need to survive today as you're listening at home? Uh, how can we come alongside you? Um, I'm trying to th- think how to close this. I-, I love the question, is your heart noisy? And I think as Americans, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the noise is, is constantly going. Easy. Even if, if I live, leave like a second of space on the podcast we did last week with my wife, uh, Leah, and, and Danielle was with us. And, and and she's, my Leah gave great constructive criticism. So she said a couple times, you were too smooth. You came right after I had said something and I could tell Danielle had something to say, but, but you didn't want that air and you wanted to just go smoothly into the next thing. And she said, just pause sometimes. And then what do we read the next week? Is your heart noisy? <laughs> All right, God, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I guess the last thing I want to want to kind of close with is the question, have you experienced God's love? Um, because we read about it in chapter four. Uh, do you have a story as you're at home listening where you have experienced God's love? And if not, let's talk about that uh, because he wants to allow you to experience his love. Kyle, Megan, 
How have you experienced God's love? Yeah, I mean, I was on staff when I went through my divorce. Um, And for for anyone listening that is looking for a place of love, it is Kingsway. You know, I thought in that moment I was going to be fired. Hmm. Um, They had walked a journey with us up until then. So, I mean, that was helpful. They knew a lot of the backstory. But even in that, you know, um, I was afraid the church, you know, because we are people, um, would have their own opinions or thoughts or judgments. Um, And through that entire time, um, I was nothing but loved Mm -hmm. and supported. Um, There would be people that would just come and watch my son play a sport, you know, just so he felt like somebody was, you know, a male. It was uh, uh, Mike Johnson. I don't know if you remember him, but, you know, he would come and just watch Isaac play some basketball or um, somebody would come and watch, you know, Ellie perform, do something. And it just meant so much because this truly was family here. And so that's what I'm hoping anybody who hears this podcast is that um, this is a place of love, Mm -hmm. of safety. Um, It's also of truth, you know, so we do want to grow and we want to learn, um, you know, what God is teaching us through these two moments. But um, if you're in that place, I just encourage anyone to to reach out to you or um, show up on a Sunday morning and just find comfort. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Megan. Kyle? Yeah, my thoughts just go to um, my kids. You know, I thought I was a pretty... (laughs) pretty good guy until I had kids and found out how selfish and awful and evil I was. So true. But the kids, Not you know, for you. I, I know. No, you're so evil. Did so I just say that? We say yeah. about you all the time. Andy's but. confirming my evilness to my children. It's um, no wonder you don't think God loves you. Yeah. Right. You no, just confirmed it. Thanks, Andy. No. I would agree for me. Thank you. Yeah. No, but they're just so quick to, I mean, they're just so quick to offer forgiveness and oh, dad still love you. And like, you know, even to have to go apologize and they're just so mm-hmm. gracious and forgiving. And so in a sense, like they don't even know that, but they're giving me a picture of God's love. Like, you know, Hey, I love you. It doesn't matter. Dad, you could screw up. You were good. I love you. You know, they're just, their yeah. grace and forgiveness is always there. It's great. I love how both examples Kyle and Megan shared were of people loving them. And so God loves you. Yes, we get that, but look around. Uh, because he uses people just like you and me to show his love to each one of us. Have a great week.